Welcome to The Bridge. Fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Welcome to The Bridge. We are a show that connects East and West. My name is Jason, and I'm originally from California, but now I am living in beautiful Wuhan, China. Today with me is Alex Schur. Hello, everybody. This is Alex Schur. I am from the Northeast part of China, and I am speaking to everybody today from Beijing, China. Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. I want to talk about Netflix, you know, like cinema, because you may have heard Netflix took a huge nosedive in the stock market. So I didn't actually get the the one where they, it shows 40% dive, but I found this article. Uh, it's uh, Netflix identified four uncontrollable issues that will keep bleeding subscribers in a long letter to investors April 19th on Yahoo Finance. And so it talks about how they were hoping to get 2.5 million new subscribers in the first quarter of this year, but they actually lost 200,000. And now in the reverse, they're expecting to lose 2.7 million more subscribers. And so, you know, Netflix has been the giant in this corner of the internet for a while, the one everyone went to, and everything seems to be changing now. They absolutely were disruptive in the very, very beginning. And my reason for it, I haven't left it yet, but if I did leave, it'd be for the fact that they raised their price again. And it's getting a little bit more. Mm. And, you know, in the beginning, they're like, oh, people loved the idea of paying, you know, a very small amount of monthly fee to be able to watch a lot of stuff, mm. you know, in high definition, you know, instant streaming. Um, mm. original. Well, in the beginning, they were not original content, original content, but they started. To, for me, I think a lot of people are getting a little bit um fed up or a little bit unhappy about the fact that they have to because they are a, a streaming platform and they have whatever server capabilities they have they have mm -hmm. to swap out tv shows or movies um from i think months to months or season to season mm -hmm. so their quality their quality sorry there are mm -hmm, content mm -hmm. on netflix that attracted people to that platform in the first place mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then they just get rid of it and it's, you, know, you might be a fan of a particular show, and then a couple months later, that show is not there. Yeah, and then that's not completely Netflix's fault, but because of the way they advertise themselves or where they positioned themselves on the market, when you take things away, people are not going to think from your perspective. For example, when they took off uh, The Office, The American Office, is because mm -hmm. NBC took back the streaming rights. Mm. But for the customers, they're, you know, for, for people who watch Netflix for the office on repeat they're not gonna they're not gonna be like oh yeah i understand that you have like a financial decision to make mm -hmm. i mean there's so many different angles to look at this from you know so you're you're obviously talking about the reality of netflix but i i mean you know, i hate to bring it up but a lot of people still pirate a lot of content usbs are passed around people torrent people torrent and then they pass usbs around like so a lot of content you don't even need to go to netflix one of the things that netflix is famous for is that a lot of folks will share the same account so one person the responsible member of the family 
be it mom or whoever, the you know older sister, will have the account and then they will share the account password with like 10 people or something. And then everyone has like access to, to Netflix essentially. And so Netflix is retooling its like payment plans. And one of the things it's looking at is a plan where you can share your account with a certain designated amount of other folks. And another thing they're doing is like, I guess it's Netflix plus minus. I don't know what they're going to call it, but it's like essentially where you're okay with watching commercials sometimes. So you pay less, but then you have to watch commercials occasionally. So like, I guess that is going against its original model too. And it's having to retool, not just because of torrenting, but because there's a ton of competition entering in the market. Yeah, because everybody's competing to be the plus. (laughs) (laughs) Disney Plus, HBO Plus, Netflix Plus. I, I don't. I think I don't know where the market is going with that whole situation because I do think making it more expensive and then making it a family shared plan isn't going to solve their problem of losing customers. Mm, mm. I think Apple is doing the same thing. you know, when it, not just for streaming, for like purchasing apps and uh, other mm, uh, mm. customer actions. I don't think people feel like they're saving so much just because mm. I could share it with, especially when you share it with your family. You know, it's like, yeah. well, you know, you could have spent that spent that much money on me anyway. It's so like for the money that we share on a, a Netflix subscription subscription fee, that'd be like, you know, a Christmas gift. And you don't you don't stay grateful to the Christmas gifts you got all year round. You only you're only happy on the day when you receive that gift. Mm. So for me, I think the market. You know, you said we don't know where we're going with the future. I think they don't know too. I think this. Uh, you know, Apple and Paramount and Netflix and Amazon and Hulu and HBO and Disney and apparently CNN Plus just was a total nightmare and disaster. And it's going out. Goodbye, CNN Plus. <laughs> <laughs> that was like one of the funnier blips on the radar. We're this is the future yeah. of CNN. Oh no, it's not. We're going to close it after like a few weeks. Just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. But anyways, I think what's happening is people at home are becoming more brand aware of like, okay, these are the kind of movies they like. Okay, now I actually am paying attention. These are the kinds that are made by Paramount. So maybe I'm into Paramount. I didn't even know that before. So I think people are right now, most people, you know, we talk about the economy and how people are struggling, you know, so people are jumping around. They're only having one kind of account and then they're switching to a different kind of account. They're experimenting with what they like. And so, you know, you're going to end up with like some people who are into Disney and some people who are into Netflix, but they don't know where they belong yet. And except, you know, bougie folks who's just got like all of them or whatever. But you know what? I actually remember Hulu from like, I don't know, 10 or 15 years ago. Hulu's ancient that many years ago? oh yeah hulu has been around you know huh. it, it ended up getting bought up like a, a, a majority share or all close to it by disney over the past few years mm. but like and, and that's weird because they have disney plus but like <laughs> it's actually existed on its own independently as like an entity out there in mm. the cyber world for for a very very long time and you know what's interesting some of these companies they don't need to stream their services. So Disney, uh, let's start with them. They own parks. They 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 have movies that go to the theaters and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. I think Disney Plus is just one revenue stream for them. And Paramount, Paramount has, you know, parks and it has a uh, it has its own it makes movies and it is cinema and so Paramount Plus is another revenue. Mm-hmm. The thing about Netflix is it is just Netflix. Like where's the rest of its revenue? nowhere so when they lose subscribers they're not just like well don't worry we own all this other content they just have their one main revenue stream i think all of these platforms do know one thing 
that it's it's the content that's the important part because they never if you think about it these these uh platforms they never advertise themselves for like faster more high mm-hmm. def or you know they don't even care about like user experience so much or like you can watch it on however many devices it's always mm-hmm. content and the the trend of recent years is they're just competing for content and mm-hmm. Exactly like you said, because, you know, HBO or, or um, Disney, because HBO is a network and, you know, Disney and all of these other competitors, they have their other revenue streams. I give, I really kind of give my hats to Hulu, even though Hulu kind of, you know, quieted down a little bit in recent years. Mm. I still because Hulu was trying to make um, good original content as well. I actually liked some of the mm. Hulu original content, but I guess have the capital or the capacity to go to go as far as Netflix did to compete in the Oscars, you mm, know, mm, or or mm. build a Hulu park. <laughs> so there's some there's some like generic, uh, sorry, genetic, you know. No, just think about the Hulu park. What would be in a Hulu park? <laughs> yeah, no, no, just, that's just a really funny idea. I know. Now they all need to build their own parks: the HBO park, the Hulu park, the Netflix park. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's really interesting. I have a streaming service. I'm in China, obviously. We already said that. And um, I have a streaming service. It's not any of these because China has its own streaming service. I have a Xiaomi box, Mm -hmm. which pays for content. And then I can watch certain movies that get updated and taken down. Most of it's Chinese, but there are thousands of options of American movies, British movies, Japanese movies, Korean movies, and on and on and on, Indian movies. (laughs) But like, I never actually turned the TV on, even though I have a TV. You know, I can watch TV. I could go watch TV. And there are movies on TV and there are TV channels with movies and stuff. Like, I think, you know, this is really interesting. The big trend is away from traditional television and towards uh, everything device you know computer your laptop your 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 phone and i think that's really really just interesting because when i grew up that didn't exist like at all so you like it was just like me turning the dial that would go click 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 and dad yeah. saying no 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 go one more channel click click you know, like like and then they had remote controls and it was like wow we're in the future they have remote controls and little did i know how much things were going to change yeah my parents would ask me i would recommend tv shows to them to watch chinese tv shows as well i would recommend a tv show and then the first question they asked me is which channel is it on <laughs> they had the tv guide have you ever heard the tv guide it's every week or month or something you would buy a book at the grocery store for like very cheap 50 cents or dollar or whatever and then it would tell you which television shows were going to be on what channels at what time for the next week or month so then you would just like okay i want to watch whatever i don't know what they had back then. <laughs> i don't even remember but like they would okay that's okay there's a movie on we're gonna watch et kids it's gonna be on channel 13 you know yeah like on tuesday at at eight o'clock you can mm-hmm. stay up late so that was how it used to be now you just like i want to watch this movie <laughs> which platform is it on you know disney made some really good choices because disney plus would not be successful without marvel True. like who's gonna buy like a program just for kids movies like i'm sure there are lots of adults who like just kids movies but like mostly just kids but like because of marvel they're able to like appeal to adults too you know? yeah i mean also disney plus is just kind of i've always i've always said this like the industry that involves kids is probably the most profitable industry because the parents would have to buy it (laughs) (laughs) cinema 
actual real cinema. Do people go to the cinema, Alex? Yes, people do. I mean, people in my generation, we go because we're, you know, old. But do young people still go? Yeah, definitely. Do people... See, when I was a kid, when I was younger, people went to the cinema because it was a big deal even. Mm. You know, it's like, okay, I'm an 18, 19-year-old boy, girl, or I want to take out this other person and see if they like me and we're going to go to a movie and maybe have dinner or something. And it was a date. Like, it was, we're going to the movies. It was kind of like for teenagers, you know, it's like the big deal date because mm. that's that's where you could go. You can't you obviously not go into the symphony. Yeah. <laughs> so like, uh, is that something that still happens? Young people, they like go on dates to the movies. I, I think so. We see we see young kids in movie in, in theaters from time to time, <laughs> even though we haven't been to the theater for a while. I, I, did you go to you said you said you went to see Dune. Did you go see Dune? Yes. Oh, my God, I did. And that's the most crowded I've ever seen a cinema in China. Huh. It was all it was because people, I guess they scheduled the screenings pretty close to each other. So by the time we got there, people haven't really completely left it from the last screening. Also, it's a, a large, uh, it's a large screening room. So it was packed, you know, the concession area. And then we first check in. Mm. It was, it's literally like brushing shoulders. Wow. Wow. We, we went in the daytime. We went like at the earliest showing. It was like two o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> so and it was still like, they were like 50 people there in a theater that could probably hold two or 300. So yeah, it was like, wow, three o'clock or two o'clock. And it's like, people you know because my wife and I we like to go in the daytime when people are not there and usually it's just like us and like another couple or like some random dude you know <laughs> but like this time it was like there's some folks here like what's going on wow so I think Dune Dune did must have done pretty well I didn't I haven't actually looked at the numbers uh, you know either, but yeah. I used to work at a movie theater for two years when I was getting my master's degree I was like uh-huh. I want some extra money for like you know dressing up and like uh <laughs> Drinking a beer occasionally kind of thing. So I got a job at this movie theater called Century Theater. I don't know if it's, I know the theater is still there. I don't know if it's still the same company. Mm. It was in uh, just south of San Francisco. There's a place called Daily City. That's the city just south of uh, San Francisco. Like right there. It's like literally you cross the the, the border between these two cities and it's right there. And I I worked there like part-time. I don't remember how many hours. It was about 20 hours a week. And I was this super motivated guy because I hadn't had a job in like a year. Because I was like, I'm going to focus on my my learning. And so I was like, hey, people would walk up and they would say, do you know what movie's good? And I would like, because you could watch free movies if you worked at the movies. I I had watched them all. And I was like very descriptive and telling them all these stories. And so people would literally, I'm bragging now, very much so. People would line up to go to my line because they were like, this is the guy. I thought thought you were going to say people were lining up to listen to me tell them the stories about the movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so they could. No, no, not instead of watching it. No, to know what to watch. I was trying to be the salesman. Anyways, I got promoted like after a month or something. Look at you. And I was like upstairs. I was upstairs and I was like, uh, I want to tell some stories, but people may not know this. So I want to tell you guys some tricks and secrets about the movie industry. You know, when you're going to see a movie, at least in the States. So people would come up and complain like there were kids and they were kicking the back of my seat or they would walk up and say, we got here 10 minutes late because we misunderstood your, your website Uh is confusing kind of stuff like that. And I guarantee you, it's like two thirds of the time we just give those people free tickets. Two thirds of the time someone comes with a complaint, as long as they're, you know, 
being constructive and positive. They're not like swearing or whatever. They're not being, if you're not being a tool and you have a legitimate complaint (laughs) and you, you know, you really are just seeking some kind of redress, like, and you're being, you know, constructive about it, like almost always, like more than half of the time, they're just going to give you two free tickets to come back. Wow. For future, uh, for future shows, not for, wow. It's, um, for future shows, we would give them like these two tickets you could redeem at the ticket office for whatever movie you if want. If that was the same case in New York, I probably would have figured out something. <laughs> just to look at their websites and just keep looking for problems and mistakes and mm. get free tickets all mm. the time. Also, oh. hopping from movie to movie. This is something people, you know, it's technically not something that the the the, uh, the management cares a lot about, but the individual employees find it really fun to catch those people. So like the people working at these theaters, it's because they're so bored. They're just standing there for two hours, you know? So they're really paying <laughs> like James Bond style attention to what's yeah. going on. And they're like, we caught that. We caught two people over here. And then they get the security and oh, the security man. is like, okay, let's go. And because like, he just wants to stand outside or whatever. Yeah. My friend, has they will bust them. Yeah. yeah, my friend has suggested us trying that. I was like, I am too timid. I'm too scared to do that. I don't want to be. Mm. It would be so embarrassed for me <laughs> to get caught. But they're like, yeah, if you get caught, you just leave. That's not a big deal. <laughs> yeah, that's what they'll do. They'll just say, please leave. And if you're cool about it, and you're like, oh, I'm so sorry. And you leave. That's fine. They'll just, you leave. But if you're like being, there are some time, sometimes teenagers you know? don't know how to be cordial. So teenagers especially will get really hostile and aggressive and like, no, I paid for this. And then it's like, okay. May I see your tickets? Yeah. Uh, I lost my tickets, man. I dropped them outside. And then at those kids sometimes get a ban. Oh. So like if you're aggressive with the staff, you'll get like, oh, we don't want you to come back here kind of stuff. So basically just be an adult. (laughs) Yeah. Basically be cool. And things generally were going to go better for you than like if you're not cool. That's I mean, that's basic like going to restaurant manners, too. Right. You're you're, if you're respectful, the staff, the staff's going to respect you and help you with your problems. The same thing with a movie theater. There are no hard and fast rules, typically, you know, that I found. It was more like, is this person being like really confrontational? Well, we do we want them here? No, we don't. Mm. Don't come back. But, you know, also they generally don't keep photos of people they've banned so it's like the memory of those people and people in movie theaters there's a very high turnover rate no one's staying there to be the popcorn concession guy for like two years you know yeah so they're not going to be around if you come back in a year anyway don't even bother building relationships (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah even the management in movie theaters they're really demoralized i found the my bosses there were like uh i'm getting out of this and i was well why because the future's not cinema jason everyone's got their home theater which reminds me one of our producers to asked me to tell people that you know they love she loves movies and she meant she wanted me to say that one of her friends have two kids one is 10 years old and the other six and she had a moment when she realized it was time to set up a home theater Mm. so her husband her husband also did the same thing and they set up a home theater so you get the the big speaker that's like for the low and then you there you have two options one is the the stereo and one is surround so surround takes six speakers and you put some behind you and stuff and you and if you have like a projector and you close the blinds or whatever i don't in in america the blinds are don't work as well as china in china we pull this big cloth like super thick thing over the light and it's yeah all the light it is like nighttime in the day in america you just like turn this thing and it like closes the blinds and you could still see the 
light ble- bleeding through. Yeah. But that's not China. China, you can make it nighttime in the middle of the day. And so projectors are really good here. Another thing I want to add is I saw this new technology that's coming out mm-hmm. in preparation for this show. And they have, it's a normal projector. But the, instead of just pointing it at a white wall or like a white screen that you pull down, they have like a special film. And so it's like very thin. It's like a, you know, saran wrap thin film that you pull this down. And when you the projector hits it, it makes it look like a television, like that brilliant. So, yeah. you know. People who are considering buying a big flat screen TV, maybe it's not the time because tech's about to change, guys. I am actually in the process of getting one of those things because it's so <laughs> it's so much easier. I don't have to drill anything on the wall because I don't want to, you know, technically we could, we, could, we could drill a couple holes and then mount the big actual screen, the one that scrolls down hmm. with the remote control. But I don't want to piss off my landlord, you know. And I saw that little screen thing. I saw that saw their advertisement on on Douyin, and I'm like, "This is you know what? This is good enough for me." It really, it like you said, it looks like a screen, uh, like a window screen. It's mm. as it's soft, and you could lift it up to see the difference. Mm. And there's a there's another type of uh, uh projector that I really want to try. Um, you know how we have to put the project uh the projector opposite to where the wall is like mm-hmm. away from the wall for it to project onto the wall right yeah have you seen those ones i think they're xiaomi projectors as well they're called the wall projectors you put it mm-hmm. against the wall like immediately against the wall because it projects mm-hmm. up like automatically mm. i have seen similar technology in chill in classrooms i love that so yeah, they have this in classrooms. They do that. There's a projector that projects down and the bulb is shaped very irregularly mm. so that it can project all the light where it's supposed to go because it's just essentially a very complex prism. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really neat. That's really, really cool stuff. Yeah, and amazing because you don't have to like w- someone gets up to go to the kitchen. Right. And, and they walk see, in front yep. of the light. Yeah, that's 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 the advantage for me. Like, I don't want someone blocking, you know, two seconds of my action movie or whatever. Right. You know, yeah. I might I might not know why the yellow car turned the yeah, corner. And it, ruined, it ruins the whole thing. <laughs> You say, I want to try a different kind. So you're saying you do have a projector. Yes, I do. I have one that's, um, it's, I bought it, uh, I bought it, oh, wow. I bought it three and a half years ago. Mm. So I guess I could pardon the little bulb problem that it's having. Um, it's a little, it's a projector that has speaker built in and it's a Harman speaker. So it actually sounds pretty good. Mm. So mm. that's why when you were saying like people put like surround sound or, or, or whatever, our friends they did that with their apartment and there it's not it's not a huge apartment their problem is actually you know pretty cozy Mm. the living room is relatively much smaller like if the five of us sit there there's basically we're basically right next to the right in front of the tv the big screen tv and they build Mm -hmm, the, mm -hmm. the surround sound in that you know living room that they have it's it's all great but for me it really only you know, for me to do that, I would constantly need to invite people over to have, <laughs> you no, know, really, like, I really need to have friends over and we really need to, it needs to be like nighttime um, and we need to all have like a glass of wine, some chips and popcorn in our hands to have that kind of feeling like mm. an actual home theater. But when I just want to watch a movie at home, like my speaker does mm. all mm. the job. <laughs> well, you know, I wanted to compare a little bit about things that are different and similar between China and the United States home theaters, move going to the movie theater experience. And one thing I want to point out to our American uh, listeners is that 
the way that the movie is paid for in China is very different than the way it's paid for in America. So like in America, you cannot, you're not supposed to bring in outside food because the movie theater almost exclusively makes its money from the, the, the revenue from soda, popcorn, snacks, that yeah. kind of stuff. Whereas in China, that's not the case. So literally you could like walk out of the theater in China and buy like, you know, anything you want, Starbucks, whatever it is, like a big pizza if you really wanted to, you know, mm. and you just walk straight into the theater. No one's going to stop you in China. So you could just be sitting there in the movie theater with a pizza box and like two cups of Starbucks if you really wanted to. And no one would care because the way that revenue is generated is mm. completely different in China. You know, I think it's it's OK because for China to they generate revenue the movie theater from t partially from ticket sales and part of the reason that's okay is China has more cinemas than any country in the world wow. and that's why a lot of you know Hollywood movies and stuff try to appeal sometimes to Chinese audiences like they're because they're like oh we need to get this in China because there's like so many people that might potentially see this movie yeah but that it is uh, that still is a little bit surprising for me to hear that we have more mm. Cinemas. But I guess we do have more cities and then in, in the bigger, you know, first or second tier cities, there are a mm. lot of cinemas. We don't have, I think we haven't really, you know, mm, the cinema scene hasn't really reached cities that are like, you know, fourth tier or, mm. or fifth mm -hmm. tier if there is a fifth tier cities. I think people are also confused about the tier system because, you know, maybe you and I, we take it for granted. That's what true. What do you mean? What are we talking about? What is this tier system, Alex? The first tier cities are basically cities that we could all name. If you've lived in China, you could you could all name them Beijing, Shanghai, Shenzhen, uh, Tianjin, Guangzhou, uh, including, I guess, like Nanjing. But second tier would basically be like bigger cities, capital cities of China. Jinan. Shandong, Jinan. Yeah, I think so. Jinan is yeah. the capital. I don't, they're, they're not first. Right. So they must be second, right? They're second tier. Jinan should be second tier. And I think, I'm not sure about Wuhan. Wuhan is probably first tier because it's her. It was a update upgraded last year at the end of the year to being technically first tier. Yeah. But I think, you know, there's a difference between like, I'm not really sure what the qualification qualifications are for first tier. I don't think it's just population. No, it's not. Because I love Wuhan and don't get me wrong. Wuhan's great and there's yeah. lots of places to go, but it is not Beijing. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. of course. It's it's still very different. So like, oh, okay, so first tier cities is really only the four, like Beijing, Shanghai, Guangzhou, and Shenzhen. And then all of the other cities that you could name. That's the way it used to be. Yeah, know. officially. Yeah. yeah. And then that's any other names that you, you know. Oh, wow. Um, I'm sorry, I'm looking at, I just pulled some information You up. got this official information. Yes, there are actually 18 first-tier cities. Wow. Beijing, Shanghai, Guangzhou, Shenzhen, Wuhan, Nanjing, Chengdu, Chongqing. Hangzhou, Tianjin, Suzhou, Changsha, Qingdao, Xi'an, Zhengzhou, Ningbo, Wuxi, Dalian. To our listeners. Sounds like you're doing a Chinese tongue twister. I know. I, I, was, I, I, I started <laughs> reading the first three and I was like, it, it'll sound really cool if I finish the list. So I just finished that. Um, but these cities, I think they all have quite a large number of cinemas in Beijing like mm -hmm. I don't know if you you've looked at the I don't know if you ever used the the ticket app when you buy it. Mm, yes and I do you could go to the map mode and look at where the cinemas are and it's just like mm. All over the all over the city. Everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah. It's a pretty insane. I guess the number of cinema in, in Beijing probably is uh like the total of, I don't know, certain states, maybe. Or countries, yeah. You know, because the population of Beijing is is somewhere between twenty one point eight yeah. official million and twenty six. And like um, you know, that's 
four times the population of Ireland, the, the, the Republic of Ireland, <laughs> the country. So I'm pretty sure that Beijing probably has more movie theaters than the entire country of mm. Ireland. So, you know, or Malaysia or something, some some countries. So it's pretty interesting, you know. So, yes, absolutely. There are a ton of cinemas here. And so movies oftentimes try to get into China because mm. if the, you, they can even get a fraction of the Chinese market, that's an enormous amount of money. And that affects yeah ticket sales which is why in china it's okay for you to bring food from outside because they the the way that they sell the tickets is very different from america in america people are like think they're sneaky because they've got like a candy bar in their pocket and they're hoping no one's gonna frisk them (laughs) it's like really bizarre i don't remember if i've tried to do that maybe i i'm pretty sure oh okay we did that we tried to that we tried to do that and we did it it was uh when we watch when we went to watch it we brought like M&Ms and other kind of chocolate or whatever candy that we brought we just put it in like super deep into because they open your uh I think they open your bags and see what I, I haven't had that and, wow I think so I let think me check so. in your purse ma'am this is a little invasive <laughs> I know but they did that they did that in um in in China as well for some cinemas and then I've I've realized that they stopped doing it in recent years so they don't really care anymore they're like as long as you come you, if you want to bring other food as long as it's not too, you know, um, it doesn't have a super strong smell. It should be okay. <laughs> <laughs> Durian slicing it in the middle of the theater. Like instant noodles. <laughs> let's, let's have a meal. I've seen all kinds of stuff. Yes. Yeah, so I think it's it's very different anyways. It's very, I think, you know, that that's interesting. But, you know, another thing I notice is popcorn quality. I'm not trying to diss China. Everyone knows I love China. But the quality of popcorn in China is not the same as the States. The States, it's very, like, very, like, they have different flavors and different, like, things you can put on them. And, like, it's, the, the, it's very fresh. And sometimes... Sometimes if you go to the right, wrong theater, I should say, in China, it's like, uh, yeah, all we have is like this popcorn that we made like three hours ago. <laughs> like- this is the thing. I am not I am not promoting it because it's not healthy, but I do miss I do miss salty popcorns with butter spilled <laughs> all over them. Oh, my God. I miss that so much. And then you put um, can't remember what it's called, but it's like those little not Maltese, but they're smaller and they're like little sweet chocolate balls and you you mix that with the popcorn with the butter oh my god it's like it's like heart attack right in a box but you're, <laughs> yeah you're like exactly very this stuff is not healthy it's very not healthy it's i agree it's it's unhealthy but i i miss it i super miss it There's a place in Berkeley, uh, south of the university, near the subway, and like they have this little tiny theater that plays like you know indie movies and you know international movies, mm-hmm. so like European, Chinese, Japanese movies and stuff. And they have like this popcorn, I guess, like dressing center, and they have like cheddar cheese powder, wow. and they have like you know wasabi powder, and you could make your pop. So after they butter <laughs> it, and make it really unhealthy, so you're gonna die soon. <laughs> then you can add all kinds of special flavors so that you die, so you die with, with a very lovely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like wow, this is such a great death ah. <laughs> oh my god it's i think that's a that's a park as well for those like uh you know more independent cinemas and they have a there are a couple of those in new york as well that we would we would constantly uh visit and they all have some sort of there's there was one i remember uh, towards the end of my stay in new york there was another cinema that opened closer to our mm. campus on 13th street and between fourth and fifth or between uh third and fourth i can't remember 
but they just have like really interesting decorations and uh, just great styles and very futuristic. And that was like, they have mm-hmm, to do mm-hmm. that to attract more people, I guess. Snacks. So that's a huge difference. But, you know, I wanted to see if you had a, a very exceptionally positive or exceptionally negative experience going to cinema anywhere, you know, any country around the world in your mm. your lifetime that you'd like to share with our listeners, because I, I think these are interesting stories. I don't know if I have an extremely negative experience or extremely positive experience, but I will share this one, one kind of annoyance. You know, I really don't like it when people talk so loud when I'm watching a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I get it. And then sometimes they're not, you know, if you're like taking a phone call in the middle of a movie, I know some other people will probably try to stop you as well. It's those people who are trying to be so nice to their friends or their partners and they start explaining it. Or they're like, <laughs> I had this couple sitting behind me once. And then when, when we're watching a movie, everybody's like super invested in what was happening at the moment. And the guy just went, oh, did you see that? Did you see that? That means this is, I'm like, oh my God, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> I was so annoyed, but I couldn't, I couldn't say anything. I didn't have the heart to just be like, stop being nice to your girlfriend or stop. I had a similar experience to that, actually. I didn't think of it until just now, but there was uh, some, there were some kids, I guess they were like 13 or 14. There were three or four of them. I don't remember exactly, but they were like really, really loud and noisy in the theater, yeah. like exceptionally, you know what I mean? And like, uh, I wasn't going to do anything about it because I'm not that guy, but I wasn't definitely annoyed. And anyways, at some point, they, someone else went and got the security and the security came in and watched for a minute and then they came and escorted those kids out and there was a standing ovation in the theater wow that bad huh <laughs> yeah people people were like yay cheering and standing and then the movie continued silent i mean even people who may have been whispering before they knew this was a special moment to just be very very quiet yeah and the rest of the movie was just completely silent which was just good speaking of management stepping in i guess i really missed this one uh, place in new york and i think they have in LA as well but they only have I think five or six cinemas in the, in the country but they're very very popular it's the Alamo Draft House mm. I don't mm. know if you've uh, heard of Never, it it's know. a very simple concept it's just uh, you could uh, eat while you watch movies and when I say eat it means you could order a whole meal mm. they have they have a kitchen they have a proper kitchen mm. and they figured out a way to get your orders without being very disruptive and it's not like dinner table it's like a line of like long table mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but the seats are more spaced out because you do have to mm. eat and you can't just elbow other people while you're eating and mm. i love that place they have the screening room is much bigger because i guess they have to make it they have to pack it out so that people could order drinks and food to make their investment you know worthwhile mm-hmm. so it's the screen is bigger and usually we could get tickets that are closer to the front um mm-hmm. and i love i love going to that place you know you reminded me there are other kinds of special places I, i'm not sure what what the united states has now because it's been a mm. while I, that I, i've really gone to theaters like specialized theaters but in china you have all these really really specialized niche kind of places and in Chongqing, mm-hmm. i saw this youtuber she went into like a massage room that she basically rented for the day and there are two huge massage chairs that can convert into like partial sinks and stuff <laughs> where they can open up where her feet go. And there's like a sink and she can pay for massages and stuff. And the entire wall is like a, a movie theater and like she can choose what movie she wants to watch. You could have a partner there and like you can have a unlimited kinds of different Chinese snacks come to the room. Wow. And you basically you, you pay one flat fee 
to get into this facility. And then whatever you want while you're in there for the time that you've rented it, you get as many massages of whatever kind you want. You get as many movies of whatever you want. You get as much snacks as whatever you want. Like, and you just pampered like the entire time that you're there. Are they profitable? <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I guess it's, a, it's not cheap, you know, to pay the, the, the fee mm. to be there. So you're s- sitting there thinking, can I squeeze more food in? <laughs> Anyways, yeah. in, in Beijing, I know. And so this must be around in different places. You can rent an entire small fee with you and your friends yeah the so they'll have like ones, these yeah. big yeah they have the big comfy super comfy le- leather couch seats right and you can do whatever you want in there and like so you and your 10 friends go in and like rent a whole theater and stuff but they're also really small ones there's a place in Sanley Toon. it's in the mall on the second or third floor there's a mo- private movie theater place where you can go in and it's like a couple room yes. so you go you, know, you have a, your own sofa and a TV it's like your own living room I guess but yeah. it's, maybe this is for like uh, my parents live at home and I'm going Going on a date. I don't want mom and dad to see me making out. I don't know. <laughs> but so like you go to this place in Stanley Toon and they have all kinds. They don't have just movies that are out now. You could like watch, you know, you could choose. The I movie. don't know. Uh, yeah, you can choose any movie from like 19 to the 1970s. You want to watch something old? You can. And then you go in essentially have your own private living room where you hang out and watch a movie. I think you could for that one. I think you could only um, I think you have to pick the movie before you go in. And then that's the movie you're going to mm-hmm. watch. And when mm-hmm. that movie ends, your, yeah. your time is up. So mm. I, there's another one that I haven't been to. It's next to the dance studio that I go to every week. And it's like, um, mm. it's called a pod theater. Basically, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how, I don't, it seems like that pod would only be able to host like two people tops at the same time. Mm. Or it's more for like an individual experience. But you go into this thing that it's a standalone thing, like a space pod, you know, that the pod that astronauts come back to Earth in. <laughs> um, yeah. And then you go in there for a, a viewing experience. I should definitely check it out and, and let you know what it feels to be inside the pod and watch a movie. And you, well, I, actually, I, I still want to go to the one in Sandy Tune. Like my wife and I, we were walking around there and we we're like, well, yeah, this is, what, what is this? I've been but there. It's, we, I think we had plans or something. Oh, you, you, you're saying don't go? I, I mean, it's it's okay. It's not that, I don't know, it's not that exciting or anything. It's just a, a room. I'm a little, not germaphobic, but you know, <laughs> I was like, I don't know. You know, people could have puked oh, I or, see. or drank <laughs> in here and whatever. I I don't know because it it's literally you pick you go to the front you pick a movie and then the person goes oh uh, room I don't know a o four go and you're like okay and you go and then you wait for them to put the movie on and I don't remember about the you know other service there there's got to be snacks um, or something probably but it's it's not cheap I think. The movie costs about four hundred or something. Oh my goodness, really? Yeah, it's it's pretty pricey. So it's re- I don't I don't think it's that's worth- like eighty bucks for people listening. I know it's I don't wow. think it's worth the the you know. The I want to I just want to do it because I want to have done it one time. So I'm definitely with that guy who's yeah, like, okay, Ford I need to do experience. skydiving once. I want to do yeah, I want to do everything mm. one time. Like I probably wouldn't buy a motorcycle because you know death know. or like you know stuff. But like I would definitely want to like ride a motorcycle, you know, and be like, okay, I've done that, which I haven't. But you know, I'd, <laughs> I'd, I'd, that's something I want to do before like you going know, on the list. Going on the list. Gray hairs start popping out of my head. Exactly, it's on on the bucket list, I believe it's called. Oh, why? Because you kicked the bucket. That's sad. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> So 
So I wanted to ask you this, because obviously you are, you know, I don't want to give away your age, but you've been around a while. So, That's okay. so um, when you were young teenager, let's say late teens or whatever, how would you depict movies in China have changed from that time to now? A lot. And, you know, could you describe an, a Chinese movie theater from 15 years ago? 15 years ago, we were going to that movie theater in Wang Fujing. And it feels like 15 years ago, it feels what like the, uh, the movie theater situation feels like what movie theater situation is right now in like mm. New York, maybe let's say it's, uh, you know, there are a couple of big ones and those are the only places that you would go to because i remember for 15 years ago it's 20 2007 right i think that's before i went to college i remember watching batman which bat no spider-man spider-man uh i forgot that guy's name not tony parker Tony Parker. Toby Maguire. Oh, Toby Maguire. Sorry, Tony Parker is the basketball player. <laughs> Toby Maguire. <laughs> um, it was his his uh, uh, Spider-Man and I had to leave. I had to leave because I had to go home because my parents didn't like didn't like me hanging out with my friends. <laughs> what was wrong? I'm sorry. What was wrong with your friends? I don't I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with my friends. They weren't as nerdy and academic. Your, your parents are like, I was a nerdy. They don't have high enough math scores for you. You, Alex. <laughs> I wasn't nerdy. No, they just didn't. They just always thought the world is super dangerous for me. To, Other to, people? Oh, no. <laughs> pretty much. Um, it's, it's pretty much like that, whether, you know, whether I liked it or not. But I, I watched half of the movie and I left. But that was, I think, I could only remember that one time going to the movie, which was like, you know, active decision that I mm-hmm. made that like, OK, we're going to the movie. And that's 15 years ago. But nowadays it's like. I'm planning out. I'm mapping out all the movies I want to watch beforehand. <laughs> when is it coming out in August? Okay, I think on this day we're going to go to the movie and see which which movie theater are we going to? We're going to the film museum to see the movie. Mm, oh, yes, mm. sure. Let's do that because they have the best IMAX in the, in the city. Wow. We're able to, I'm able to, like back then it's just like, go and see a movie. It's a very singular decision. Mm. Now it's like, there are 20 different elements you want to take into consideration. Wow. Can we find one? Yeah, can we find a, find one that's closer to us? Does it have the proper screening time? Because there might be other places that have proper <laughs> screening time. And this movie theater is next to other restaurants that we like to go to. We could go there. After this movie theater has a Taco Bell right under it. Let's go to that one. <laughs> we did that. We did that for uh, uh, Tenet. Taco Bell. Yeah, we did that for Tenet. We went, went to watch Tenet and it's uh more like let's go to that one because we could go to taco bell afterwards and um or which one has the best surround sound which one has the best imax which one has the best 3d experience mm. so like all of that information is, is all available and it all becomes part of the select uh, selecting process when you try to decide which movie theater to go to so it's quite it's quite it's quite a chore now and so i'm always i'm always letting other <laughs> people decide my friends want to watch a movie i'm like you tell me which theater to go to and i'll go because personally it does make or break an ex- a viewing experience for me. It's the same. Yeah. Wow, Alex, I, I had no idea you were so finicky. <laughs> <laughs> My wife and I, we're not like that, actually. You know, we there's usually like one or two movies a year that are like, we have to go see this. You know, this is a huge like like Dune or like a Tenet, right? The, you, you have to go see these movies because they're like the big movie of the year and is the absolutely must but sometimes my wife and I are just walking around like hey what should we do oh look there's a movie theater you want to go oh okay and we just go and that's how kind of like we end up in movies you know what? i love that yeah. 
We're just very like. I love that. I love being like spontaneous. Yeah, that's that's actually what we do. Like how we do things. Sometimes it's like, oh, there's a museum we need to go to like once a month or every. Oftentimes on the weekends when we're not super busy, we're just like walking around, like and like trying to figure out what to do where all the kids are. You know, like, oh look, uh, there's a restaurant. Do you want to go there? Yeah, sure, okay. And so that's just kind of like how we just whatever happens to be really obvious to us, and that's what we go do. No, oh, that means that means you you guys are really really enjoying the moment. If you ask in America, where do they make movies? Everyone's just going to say Hollywood, right? Yeah. Maybe Nicolas Cage tried to open a place in Las Vegas or some <laughs> some really rich entrepreneur in New York is like, this is the studio. But everyone knows it's Hollywood. So I wanted to ask, like, where do people make movies in China? And is there one place or is it like diffused across a network of cities? Like, because I never hear of like, this is China's Hollywood. I don't really here <laughs> like it doesn't seem like if that's the case maybe i just don't know we don't have maybe i am more on the strict side when it comes to you know making analogies or saying that this is the a of another country we don't have something that's quite the same uh like hollywood in china we do have large film production bases, which are, you know, some of them are in, mm, mm, uh, mm. I think, closer to Shanghai. Some of them are closer to Beijing. Um, and then I know that they started doing this in, I think, Chongqing as well, because they have the, mm, the mm. landscape and a lot of sci-fi or fantasy movies mm. really need those places. And it's always a huge initiative from the local government to attract these productions to come to the base that they build for people to shoot movies and they get mm, mm, either mm. tech rebate and, and they also at the same time they promote the local you know okay, you watch a lot of Chinese movies and they're like taking place in a historical place <laughs> like you know where it's like three stories tall and it looks like goes on for blocks and it's like uh, where is this place like are there special sets that are like permanent that are used by a lot of movies and if so like where are they or are they just going to some place in China and like kind of redecorating it <laughs> So that's uh what I that's what I said it was the kind of the base. You could call it you could call it a film city, but it's it's not a city, it's like a smaller town in in Zhejiang province. Mm, mm. It's called Hengdian. Like everyone in China knows Hengdian basically. Um it's where they built all of those historical architecture that you see. They rebuilt it one to one. Um and so that they could open it up to, it's massive as well. When I say a town, you're like, oh, a little town or whatever. For, but when you go into it and you see that they have, you know, replicated the entire, for example, the entire Forbidden City, wow. an entire ancient town, an entire, I don't know, like, you know, nineteen early 1900s uh, Chinese streets. They they made everything brand and the same. So like a lot of because mm. I think before prior to 2000 and uh, early to well, prior to 2000, there were still film productions or movie uh, or TV productions that were done in the actual Forbidden City in Beijing. Like they were actually shooting <laughs> in there. Wow. But out of the purpose of uh, protecting a cultural heritage, they mm -hmm, stopped mm -hmm, doing mm -hmm. that. But they still need those scenes. 
So they just built a Forbidden City in that town. Mm. And from there, they started building up more scenes, you know, wow. Forbidden City, hunting. This is in Zhejiang. Zhejiang province. And, and this is Hangdian City. Yes. Can anyone just go there and like go inside and take selfies and stuff? I think you can go, but usually productions will have uh, plenty of what we call production assistants. Or even uh, if, there, if there are, you know, famous actors on set, they will have of uh, security measures in place to make sure that not any random person would just come on and grab the person to take a selfie in the middle of a take or something. But <laughs> I don't think... I've never been there myself. My friends have. Mm, it's... Mm. For some reason, because it's not it's not easy to get to, it's a pretty... It, it's mm. in a pretty uh, standalone place. Um, so mm. a lot of people go there and live around there. They have gave, given birth to a whole ecosystem around that sit around that little town because it's in the mountainous area and there's really nothing to do unless you're willing to drive like 40 40 miles to get to some fun place but you can't really do that when you're on set because you're always going back to it and you already have a lot of hours so you're working so people opened restaurants and they're you know uh just uh, small apartments for all of these background actors, extras, we call them, to just stay in, to rent, and they would stay there and they would be, they would appear in different movies and TV shows as today I'm a thief, tomorrow I am a, a taxi driver, and then the day after, yeah, the day after <laughs> tomorrow I'm like, you know, like a, a, a server professional extras yeah professional extras they live around there so it's a whole ecosystem in there but i don't think people go to that place like as a you know a, for for travel purposes or as a tourist spot because mm-hmm. there's only that's the only thing that's there is that town there's nothing else to do <laughs> Uh, there must be a hotel or something. And, and maybe it can be, you know, like this sounds really interesting. I would love to like pretend I'm in ancient China and like, what's that? Was it called? Tianmen It's just not quite cutting it because, you know, you have people walking around with Starbucks behind you. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it used to be, Tianmen used to be a lot more, you know, it had a lot more flavor of ancient China, but I remember, I think it was like 20, 2005 or six when they decided to just, you Let know, it go. Totally full capitalism. Made mode. it into what it is today. And I, you know, <laughs> Lego store. I really miss. <laughs> yeah. I miss old Tim, and I've been there when it was still like very ancient. Mm. I have last big question for us to to tackle. And, yeah. you know, this is not just about China. This is about the United States, everywhere, Europe. Netflix is making its own television shows. And there are a lot of actors that were in movies more than ever who are now moving over into TV and doing really professional television shows, except I think Liam Neeson said, no way, he's a cinema snob or something. He won't do TV, so he won't do Star Wars for TV. But a lot of big actors are willing to come over, and it seems like in a lot of ways, television is catching up with cinema as an art form. Mm. And I wanted to, you know, you are involved with that. Some of your background in education is around cinema. Do you feel that TV and cinema are kind of merging into one big nexus? Or are they, is TV catching up with cinema? Or can cinema stay its own independent thing? For me, 
in terms of production or in terms of the definition that that's been set by the industry for so long of what is a big screen uh, production, what is a, a small screen production, I think that is getting blurred and that is getting updated because TV shows are getting longer. There are, you know, many the film series where each episode runs for like an hour, if not longer. Mm. That is getting blurred. I don't think, or I am, I'm a very, I, I feel like I have an old soul in me. Mm. For example, when, when, it, when the internet comes about, uh, came about, came about, people are like, oh, print media is going to die. I'm like, print media is not going to die. Books are not going to die. Same as how I think cinema is not going to die because mm. it's not just because I like it. Because when you go to a cinema, it's a different viewing experience, mm. what mm. we call the black box a black box viewing experience because mm. when you go into a room that is completely darkened and it's a bigger screen there's no way you're going to have that big of a screen in your house mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. when you are watching that uh movie with a group of people it's a collective experience that cannot be uh replicated at home and there's something there's a lot of things that viewing experience does to people psychologically for them to want to go back even even if there are people that are eating popcorn mm. super loudly or people who are who can't stop <laughs> talking that's the whole idea of cinema viewing it gives you i guarantee you if you watch the same movie ideally if you watch the same movie and then for some reason like if we could record everything you remember from the watching the movie in the in the film uh theater and then erase your memory of ever watching that movie and then make you watch it at a very very nicely decorated very nicely equipped Mm. home theater and then ask you to repeat what you've seen it's Mm -hmm, absolutely mm -hmm. different experience and you you know i think nine times out of ten you will enjoy watching the movie like a new movie or your movie you want to really watch you would enjoy that in the movie theater and you know the fact that you guys are in a in a dark space where you can't really see people's faces um it creates a weird sense of safety or 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 security like you feel like you don't really care Mm. um I don't know about you. Like when I cry during movies, I feel much better crying in a the movie theater. I had a, <laughs> I've had a breakdown in a the movie theater. Like wow. after watching the movie, yeah, I couldn't move. I couldn't leave after the movie, um, ended. I just, I just sat there and sobbed for like ten minutes. Mm. But when I watch movies with my parents or even with my boyfriend, while when I was watching watching movie at home, when I cry, they give me attention. They're like, <laughs> "Are you okay, oh, Alex? Look at you." <laughs> They're like, "Oh, look at you. You're crying." And then my parents just get super awkward and stand up and leave. <laughs> <laughs> so I I can't have the same experience just watching things on a screen because your eyes, your peripheral vision is going to catch like 10,000 mm, mm, different mm, things mm, mm, that mm. are happening outside of the movie theater. So I don't think movie theater is going away. I think, you know, there are definitely a lot more very, very well, uh, really well made content on a smaller screen that's more convenient, more portable. You can replay it. Um, you could get all the pluses, pluses channels and subscriptions so that you can watch all of those um, really amazing TV shows. But the movie theater gives you the that experience is not I don't think that's replaceable. Mm. No, I mean, I completely agree with you. I just wanted to see what other, another person thought about that idea without uh, too much of my own feedback. But, you know, my experience 
personally, I like it a lot and I don't know how to define it as well as you, but I do notice for my wife, it's a big deal because if I say, let's watch a movie at home, she'll kind of watch it at it and then maybe leave or not, or like maybe pay attention or not, or maybe talk or not. But if we're sitting in a cinema yeah. and, sh- and we're watching a movie, her focus increases dramatically and she's yeah. really into what's going on. Yeah. So I, I can see the effect on her and I can see that this must be, you know, for a lot of people. For, same, same for me. I can't, I can't stop looking at my phone when I'm watching a movie at home. I hate, <laughs> hate myself for that, but it's just very hard for me to stop. But when I'm in a movie theater, at least I'll control myself. Well, you know, that is all the time we have, and I hope our fans got as much out of listening to you talk about this very interesting topic as I did, and they will rejoin us soon. Goodbye, Alex. Thank you, Jason, and bye, everybody. Thank you.